0: God's richest grace and blessings and mercy be with you on this first Sunday of Lent through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Can you recite all the Ten Commandments or were you the Sunday school class clown? Test your knowledge and then watch Finding Jesus on 9 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday nights followed by Reza Aslan's Believer at 10. I couldn't help it. I had to take the quiz I've been seeing a link to it for weeks on CNN online and it taunted me with this tagline think you're a biblical scholar put your smarts to the test Well what do I have to lose I thought it's only 10 questions and it's by CNN not exactly the most the most faithful confessing organization when it comes to the Christian faith what do they know? Sure, I, a pastor, must be able to answer 10 questions of what have to be the basics of the Bible. So I clicked, start the quiz. Question one, according to Christian tradition, the Apostle Thomas traveled to what country on his mission? Question two, Easter meals in the United States often feature ham and deviled eggs. But a town in southern France is known for its own epic feast known as? Question three. In the Old Testament, Methuselah was how old when he died? Well, I'm thinking at least there's a question from the Bible here. Question four. In Norway, Christmas Eve is not a time for milk and cookies. Rather, many believe that evil spirits are on the prowl. To keep them at bay, which household items do Norwegians hide before they go to sleep? How am I supposed to know? I'm not Norwegian. <laughs> question five. Which body of water did Jesus walk on? Finally, a question about Jesus that I can answer. The Sea of Galilee. Question six. Pope Urban Seventh was pope for the shortest time in the history of the Catholic Church. How short was it? Well, I didn't have my encyclopedia of Catholic popes with me when I took the quiz, so I didn't know. Question seven, a question about Mardi Gras. Question eight, something about European cathedrals. Question nine, a question about Raiders of the Lost Ark. And the final question, what bird symbolizes immortality? I got two out of ten. Well, three actually. I got the one about Raiders of the Lost Ark right too. What a lame quiz for biblical scholars. I'm glad I'm not one because, according to CNN, biblical scholars don't need to know much about Jesus. Not only that, their TV program, Finding Jesus, Faith, Fact, or Fraud, well, just the title tells you a lot. Tells you don't bother watching it. (laughs) Jesus is someone that you have to search for? Jesus is someone you have to find? One has got to go looking for him? Isn't it the other way around? I can tell you I wasn't searching for Jesus. He found me. And he found you too. Even if you were born into the faith and, and the church is all you've ever known, he you found your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents. Remember, God says he shows love to a thousand generations, to those who love and keep his commandments. Look, it's Lent, we're getting closer to Easter, and we're starting to see once again the fascination with Jesus by those who don't believe in Him. And I suppose we'll soon see again, as we have year after year, an issue of Time Magazine in the supermarket racks claiming to investigate the authentic Jesus, or the Jesus you never knew, or Jesus fact or fiction, something like that. There'll be television and internet programs of the same type on the History Channel and Amazon. And some of the newer stuff that's come out this year, which I've dabbled in a little bit, uh, raises the same old tired arguments like Jesus never existed. The whole idea of Jesus was simply an allegory for some other spiritual truth or something having to do with someone's ancient political or national agenda. There's no time to talk about all of that here. We believe Jesus existed. But check these programs out for yourself and you'll find it very interesting what the unbelieving world thinks about Jesus. The same with good old Martin Luther, Doctor of Theology. Did I ever tell you what a punch in the gut it was for me to hear what our youth, our our Lutheran youth from this church We're learning about Martin Luther at Sherwood High School. A couple years ago at Symposium Coffee for our youth group time, our our Lutheran kids shared with me the shocking revelation that all they come out of knowing about, about Martin Luther from their history class at SHS is that he hated Jews and thought women should stay in the kitchen. To the teacher's credit, whoever this teacher was, Martin Luther did have some strong words to say about the Jews that were harassing him in Wittenberg. And Luther wasn't exactly romanced by the fact that the Jews were staunch, stubborn unbelievers in Jesus as their own scripture prophesied, I might add. As for women, Luther was married to one woman, Katie, and he loved her dearly, as he often wrote about. What does this teacher expect? A man in medieval Germany is going to do the cooking and do the dishes and then rub his wife's feet at the end of the day? (laughs) I mean, as far as we know, Luther never raised a hand to Katie, which in anger, which is a lot more than can be said for some men today. But the very idea that a 16th century wife's vocation included time spent in the kitchen is a scandal. As we get closer to October, we're going to start seeing more and more about Martin Luther and the Reformation. Even out here in the Pacific Northwest where we Lutherans are not strong in number and Lutheran heritage is a subject only for us diehards that are interested in it, there may be articles in the paper about the Reformation, shows on TV and the internet about it. I've already seen evidence that other churches of other denominations are taking a look back at the event that started denominationalism in the first place. And they'll look at the event that changed the world. I imagine you're going to be looking for me for something special for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation in, in October. I've got some things lined up, but if you have any expectation that you'd like to see met, then let me know, okay? Let me know. I can't know about them unless you tell me, right? I will tell you, don't expect a lot of Martin Luther decorations in the church or pomp and splendor on account of Luther. He would not want that. He may never have laid a hand on his wife in anger, but he'd probably take his cap off and beat me over the head with it if he knew I was going to make a big deal about him in the church. What I'm trying to say is, A major anniversary celebration is right around the corner. But the reality is, we've been practicing and living it every day since October 31st, 1517. We are Reformation people without even thinking about it. Most of the time, we just live it out. It's the message that came out of the Reformation that's more important than the historical facts and the people involved, such as Luther. Luther himself would want us, and rightly so, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And not him, or his buddy Melanchthon, or Bogenhagen, or Karlstadt, and all those other guys we could spend oodles of time learning about. Luther would also want us to address the problem of sin. See, the problem of sin is something these documentaries miss the mark on and so no wonder then then that in them Jesus becomes a historical figure to be proved or disproved or one step further just given up as a myth to be disregarded altogether. The problem of sin is something we Christians, however, know a lot about because God's word shows us our sin, confronts us with it, And shows our need for the remedy. A remedy. So God also in his word reveals to us the remedy who is Jesus. In Jesus we have someone on our side. A true hero who did not sin and did not give in to temptation. You know while most of us are listening into the arguing between the Trump administration and the news media. There's another argument going on out there in the theological world. The argument between church leaders and skeptics over whether Jesus is just an extension of a much earlier Mediterranean mythological narrative of Dionysus. A God who was born of a virgin and was resurrected. You have been following that one? Didn't think so. <laughs> the thing is, Dionysus can't be proven either because he's only spoken about by a few writers long after the time of Jesus. On top of that, there's nothing in the story of Dionysus about being tempted by the anti-hero, if you will, and remaining a blameless sacrifice for his people. Our text today from Matthew is only one of many parts of the narrative of Jesus that these other claims against his existence can't even attempt to address. Because there are no other myths or narratives out there that parallel this account in the desert and many, many others. I only have time to mention this one argument. And so in Reformation fashion and for the benefit of all who would hear from this generation to the next, let God speak and let us listen. When Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, he says to you, all this, all this I have written is for your benefit. It's for you that that you would have life because of what's the things that are said in it. That you would believe that I sent my son as a gift for you to live and die and be raised up again for you on your behalf so that you will live forever with me on a new earth in the new heavens. He also says in here, you have sinned against me in thought, word, and deed, but my son has paid for those sins and taken them from you. You are forgiven. You are my child. You are free. And you are loved. You can see the action here in the text in the gospel reading for today, Jesus doesn't give in. He is more powerful than Satan. Satan is the loser here and Jesus remains obedient to his father because this little journey through the wilderness and with the devil leads to the cross, a place of the passion, his suffering. The cross is the place where Jesus pays for our failure to resist sin and temptation. It's the place where we are set free from it, inasmuch as sin and death no longer have dominion over us. We still fight against sin and temptation in this world, and we will die. But, mighty hero, though devils fill the world, we do not fear because you, Jesus, have won the victory. So thank you, Lord. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.